Have you ever experienced something so crippling in your life that has made you feel broken? I have. Are you someone who has a giving heart but is struggling to feel good themselves? Are you consistently putting your needs aside to take care of everyone else? If so, you're not alone. Giving starts with giving to yourself so that you are able to give of yourself to other people. Isn't it time you took back control and discovered what makes you tick? Join me in my journey and find out how you can feel better about yourself, live your best life, and share that with others. Thinking of yourself, it doesn't make you selfish. It makes you brave. I'm Nelia, and this is the Giving Starts With You podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Giving Starts With You podcast. Thank you so much for coming and joining us today again. I am so looking forward to everybody meeting this wonderful, wonderful guest. Her name is Melaine McCormick. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So great to be here. Oh my God, absolutely. I'm so thrilled that you're here. So Melaine, where are you tuning in from today? Today I'm tuning in from New Orleans, Louisiana, where I was born and raised and have recently moved back to. That's amazing. Oh, I was just talking to my husband, I think it was about a year ago, how he wanted to get down there and, and we didn't make it, but with COVID and everything, but uh, it's definitely one one of the places on my list. I'm so excited that you're here. I'm just going to tell you a little bit more about Melaine. She is a solo travel advocate who has visited all 50 U.S. states and over 40 countries. I am so jealous, seriously. (laughs) She integrated travel into her early career as a producer of large-scale sporting events. But after 15 years in the industry, um, she realized the demands of the traditional nine-to-five job, you know what that's like, it didn't allow her to move throughout the world as she desired. So she quit her job to travel and subsequently started a coaching business to help other women travel independently. As a travel coach, she specializes in solo female travel for women in their 30s and onwards who have prioritized a career or family over personal interests and have lost touch with their true selves and desires. Um, This is so common, (laughs) so common. And I'm so excited that you're here because I really am passionate about this subject. And I really think that today um, in our interview, people will learn that it's okay to um, follow things that, you know, follow your dreams. And, you know, although it may be a little bit scary, it's, it's, it's so important. And I'm, mm-hmm. I just can't wait to dive in and see, you know, learn a little bit more about you. So Melaine, where did all this start from? <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. I feel like um, the desire to explore has been in my blood since I was a young child. You know, like you said, New Orleans is a city that interests a lot of people. So I grew up really appreciating culture and differences and others. Um, And I have been really exploring ever since. I um, visited all 50 states before I turned 30, but it wasn't until I was in my mid thirties that I really used travel as a discovery tool. And that's what I kind of use it as now as a way to reconnect with my true self and use it in that way. I love it. I love it. What is your favorite part? Like what drew you, I think, first, you know, I know that you were telling a story earlier about when you were six and how you 
started uh, the seed bed. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? I would love to. Yeah. Like I said, being a child, I always loved exploring. Um, when I was six, I couldn't go very far, but I was determined to pack up a bag, um, jump on my plastic scooter and move from the living room to the dining room. Spent a few hours there, moved from the dining room to the kitchen. So I was always looking at ways that I could explore the areas around me. I and I love, I use exploring as a way to really fully come alive. Um, and I think it, it brings out parts of you that you don't know are there. Did you start off like in your third, like when you did it, um, when you quit your nine to five, did mm -hmm. you start off as a solo or did you move into being a solo tra female traveler? So it, when I quit my job, I went right into 17 months of solo travel. Um, but prior to that, I kind of dipped my toe into it, which is what I think that anybody can do at any stage. So in my early 20s, I recall, you know, the biggest deal was going out to lunch by myself. Mm -hmm. And I spent the time researching where I was going to go. I was going to bring a book. I thought it through because I was so nervous about doing something on my own. And then I went to go into a movie by myself. And then it moved on to a business trip by myself. And so each little piece, I think, built me up to have the confidence mm -hmm. to take a extended travel break on my on my own. Um, and I think had I not really done all those steps before, I wouldn't have been as confident going into 17 months of solo travel. That's a great tip, you know, because I know a lot of people who are not comfortable Mm -hmm. Don't go to restaurants and have a meal by themselves. I actually love it, you know. <laughs> I don't have to worry about saying the right things and I can just think and write like I tend to write. I think it's important, uh, you know, it, it's not just the confidence, but to love yourself enough to like just be at peace with it, you know. It's just, yeah, I love that. That's a great idea. Yeah. And I think a lot of times we're just so worried about pleasing, especially as women, all the people around us. And so by doing things on your own, you're really having to think about what makes me happy? What do I enjoy doing? And so even these little trips can help you continue to discover parts of yourself. Like, you know, I really like matcha from this corner store, or, you know, I really enjoy reading a book in the park with the sun on my face, things like that, that you forgot that you enjoyed because you were really catering to other people's needs before your own. Wow. What's one of the things that you learned about yourself that surprised you during your solo traveling? I think what I learned most is that what really surprised me is I, I have a fierce independent streak and I've had that since I was a young child, but that I craved the connection of others and really relied on um, the community aspect of traveling, you know, even though I was traveling solo, you really do build a community of others that are like minded and moving around the world in a way that you are. And so I was most surprised that I craved that connection and and time with others, even though I was alone. Yeah, that's great, because then you can you have the control, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm very introverted. I know I talk a lot, so it doesn't seem like it. But <laughs> go, 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 go. And then after an hour or so, I'm like exhausted. I just need to be alone for a bit, right? That's just me. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you get to control that you get to control when you want to be around people and what, you know, and people that are like-minded like you. So it just feeds off your energy, right? Right. Yeah. If you, there would be days when I wouldn't say a word to any human and that was great for me in those times, but there was also times when I craved conversation and connection. And even if it was someone to speak the same language as me, it would be a simple exchange at a market. Um, so 
like you said, being an introvert can go be to your benefit. Also being an extrovert can be as well. You can find the yin and yang between those two sides of yourself. That's amazing. So where did you start your trip? If you don't mind me asking. No, I don't mind at all. I started in Iceland um, mm-hmm. and I only had 30 days planned at a time. I really wanted my travel to be more intuitive and mindful as opposed to I have to be here, here, here by this time. Um, so there's a lot of ways to move through the world when you're doing, you know, around the world. And I chose to just do mm-hmm. kind of one month at a time. And I found myself staying in some countries longer okay. that I probably wouldn't have. And then I found myself leaving sometimes just because the energy and I just weren't matching and I just wanted to change up uh, where I was going. So Iceland's where I started. But that's, that's another great thing about it, right? I mean, you're in control. Like so many times, you are. so many times people tell us, you know, these are the rules and this is what you have to, life shouldn't be about that. Life should, life should be about experiences and about, you know, choosing your, the way you want to live it. So I so respect you for that. That's awesome. Thank you. And I, I have to say that I, it took me a few months to, to kind of shed all the old conditioning that I had, the layers, you know, I found myself, you know, wanting to stick to a schedule or wanting to hit all the, all the marks. Like I, I'm in, I'm in Ireland. I need to see the Guinness, you know, factory. I need to see this. Um, so it wasn't until about my third or fourth country that I would find myself just finding the same enjoyment in just sitting in a park, you know, and watching people go by. Uh, so travel allows you to kind of shed those layers and that conditioning as well. So it sounds like, cause I have not done this, what you're, mm-hmm. you have done, but it sounds almost like you start off with this mentality of you got a two week vacation, get everything in. And then as mm-hmm. the more and more you realize I'm not in a rush, look, I can, yeah, I can do this how I want to do it. Then it starts to be more about uh, choosing what you want to see as opposed to getting everything in there. And then you start to like slow down. Right. Is that, yeah. That's a, it's a very good observation. And I think what I do for my coaching clients is before they even leave on that trip, we talk through that, you know, because I found myself two, three months in still trying to figure that out. But so if you don't have the 17 months, like I did, if you only had two weeks, if you only had, you know, one week, if you think through what you want to experience during that time before you go, Mm. you're able to kind of overcome the the requirements before you even step out the door so it's not to say that you can't have that same experience on a shorter trip that i had in 17 months by preparing to have a more mindful um, travel experience Hmm. i have okay so i have a couple of questions um yes one of the questions that i have i'm not going to put you on the spot but i by by asking you what your favorite place was but what was your like (laughs) top three things like places that you enjoyed like no I appreciate that (laughs) because I have a I have a top five and there's like two that stay on the list and three that kind of change depending on how I'm feeling um but if I had to take all of your listeners to one country and feel confident that everyone was going to find something they enjoyed Mm. I would take everyone with me to Turkey Oh. which people are very surprised by that answer. Wow. But for me, he had the perfect combination of culture, history, cuisine, cosmopolitan, outdoor, different topographies in um, landscape. There was also a lot of religious history. So for me, 
Turkey had so much to discover um, and it was a really impactful experience for myself as well. Um, so Turkey's definitely up there. So you stayed longer in Turkey than, than you anticipated. <laughs> <laughs> I did. And with Turkey, I was supposed to, it was the first country that was going to be predominantly Muslim that I was visiting. It was the first that was outside Western Europe. Mm. And so I had joined a tour group thinking, you know, all the decisions could be made for me. I can just move with the group. Right. Um, and the day before I arrived, I was canceled from that tour due to overbooking. And just for some reason, I was the one that was kicked off. And so I was then thrown into this country with no plans, no route. I'd only had two nights stay booked for when I arrived in Istanbul. Right. And so I think it was all experience for me of um, having the the confidence to to move through that block mm. and come out with a fantastic experience. So I think that's also why the country might be extra special for me is that I was able to overcome that setback and still have a really unique experience there. Oh, thank you for uh, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. What were some of the other ones? So um, another one that's very special to me is Morocco. Um, and it was a country that I was fascinated with the archaeology and the colors for a long time. Um, and it was the first country that I settled in and stayed and rented an apartment and, and really did the traditional life. Yeah, so I just kind of wanted to get a feel. I started taking Arabic classes. Um, but I did find it a country that was difficult to navigate at first. Um, it had some blockages as a solo traveler, especially a solo female traveler. Um, but it's one that I kept going back to because I knew there was such magic there. Mm. And so I go annually now um, and I take small group trips of women through there that don't want to go alone. So it's a really special country. Okay. Me. You have to tell me when you're going, because honestly, <laughs> honestly, I've, okay. I keep saying I wanted to go to this place and I've always wanted, but honestly, okay. So Morocco is definitely a place. If you're looking for someone to travel with, you know, that you just met on a podcast, then maybe you, I will figure something out. <laughs> That's fine. You're definitely getting added to the mailing list and I will notify you of upcoming trips. But <laughs> it is, it's a place that a lot of people really want to go to. But again, they have that fear blocking them because it's just such a foreign place, but it also has this allure to it. So um, and I've had some really wonderful experiences from, you know, spending the night in the Sahara Desert to wandering through the Souk, finding my way, you know, out, which is difficult unto itself um, in those Souk sometimes. So um, that's another country that I love. Um, and I'll say my, my third one, um, Mi Amor is Colombia, which a lot of people also are afraid to travel in. But Colombia definitely has a piece of my heart and I love loved that country. Oh, that's awesome. Wow. Yeah. And I'm sure in those times that you were maybe a little bit afraid, getting through them, getting through those fears too was exhilarating. Like at the same time, it's like, um, I'm a little afraid, but at the same time I have to do it. And then how good you feel after, right? It is, it is such a boost of confidence. And what I love about, you know, new locations is, is breaking down stereotypes. You know, in each of these countries where a little fear kind of maybe caught me, when I looked around, I realized that there were so many helpers that were surrounding me. You know, I find myself on a 24 hour bus ride um, from one city to the next in Turkey, and I don't speak the language. And I'm not sure what, what's happening when we're trading buses. 
And you can see that somebody else sees that in you and just kind of takes your hand and leads you on. Oh, you know, the same, yeah, the same thing happened to me, you know, in Colombia, where you might feel like people can sense that you might need help and people are willing to help you. So I think the, the common tie that I've seen in all of my travels is that people are kind people everywhere. And, you know, we have something to learn from each person we come in contact with. And I've learned that so many times in all the places that I've visited. Thank you so much for saying that because there are some scary places around the world. Um, but sometimes because we only see what we see on the news and we mm -hmm. only you know, know what we know and we shut the rest of it out, um, we don't always realize that there are kind people around the world. So I so appreciate you saying that. And the world is actually a lot smaller <laughs> <laughs> than we think it is and we all at the end of the day want the same things you know I've said before we all want to be able to to feed our kids we all want mm -hmm. to you know be able to have enough to live on be healthy at the end of the day we're mm -hmm. a lot more similar than people realize so thank you for saying that yeah no it it's but a you, realization that we all need to come to <laughs> yeah no I appreciate that but you can't you don't really know I mean, you can hear the stories of other people, but until you try it, you don't really, you know, you got to yeah. get that feeling. But um, when you started with the solo female traveling, was it intentional that it be solo? Like, is this something that you chose for yourself or did it just kind of happen that way? No, it is definitely something I chose for myself. Um, I think mainly because it, the traveling part was so important to me. Yes. Um, the, ex, ex, the amount of time that I spent traveling was important to me. And so I knew not many others would be able to align with that same goal that I had. Right. So it kind of had to be solo. Um, and so I wasn't going to let someone not being able to come with me, stop me from taking that trip. Um, and it's not to say that I was solo the entire time, you know, people kind of popped up throughout that 17 months. So, you know, my dad, my brothers met me in Ireland. I had a girlfriend meet me in India who was born there and was able to show me around. So I had um, friends that kind of had a, a, a starring role in my travels as well. Awesome. That sounds like so much fun. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you a question that a lot of people are probably wondering. Mm -hmm. How the heck do we save up for a trip of 17 months going around the world like how easily can this be done do you have any tips for us or do you have any recommendations because i think if we can make it attainable more and more people can discover the world and discover what what they love no that's a great question because i think most people think that long-term travel or international travel is just too expensive it's not something that they are, would ever be able to do um and I'm here to say that they, it is attainable and it's something that def definitely can do. For me, what worked was living below my means. So I had the pleasure of working in an organization that I moved from, you know, coordinator to a manager and then a manager to a director. But every time I was given that bump, I stayed living at my coordinator level as long as I could. So I was able to save the money from um, promotions for my travel fund, which I worked on for about a year and a half before I made the step into um, full-time travel. Um, in the United States, we uh, are able to use credit cards to our advantage, which not all countries are able to, but I think um, if you have US listeners, they'd love to hear that. But I credit card hacked my way to about 
200,000 points in airline points, Amazing. which is equivalent to about four international round trips. So that really helped with the travel budget as I moved between these countries. Um, and I also think the last thing is important is that people can do this without uh, paying on the road. So there's couch surfing, there's um, volunteer opportunities. So there's a lot of ways for you to experience a country without paying a lot for that. And some countries, depending on where you go, are, are a lot cheaper than living in the state. <laughs> Very much so. So, you know, my apartment in Morocco was $8 a day, US dollars a day you know, um, but then there are some countries that are going to be more expensive. But yeah, if you want to experience international travel for, you know, a lower budget, just research the country and find ones that maybe are along the same lines of what you're looking to pay for. Yeah. And they're not any less beautiful and you won't get They're less. definitely not. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, I know there's some credit cards. I can't take advantage of that in, in Canada, but there are some that, wow. I, I was searching that. I'm like, how can I get an account to the States? You know, I know, right? That's My Australian friends are the same way. Yeah. Have you ever tried um, house sitting? I have. Um, I have tried house. I have. Yes. Um, so, and it's great. House sitting is. Yeah. It, it's a great way to, to be a part of the community. Uh, and not just kind of move quickly through. So um, there's different levels. So I just had to sit for one dog. Um, and so it was a way for me to just take the dog for walks, get to know the neighborhood. Uh, but there are some opportunities where you can work on a farm or um, sometimes it's just being in the apartment itself. So check out, I use housecarers.com. There's trusted house sitters. And there's also Facebook groups. Um, if you search for different Facebook groups in that country where you can find house sitting opportunities. I'm glad that you had experience with it because that's something I really, really want to try. And I know I can try it locally too, if I just want to, you know, give it a try. But um, yeah, so if people don't know what it is, basically you get room and board in exchange for either doing work on the land um, for the home that you're staying in or taking care of animals or taking care of the home. And some places allow you to use their car, correct? And, correct. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, this is amazing. So if you have an off the grid job where you don't have to be in the office um, and you still want to travel. This is a great way, I think, to be able to do that. And, and I think you can stay um, fairly long time. Like there's different um, stay uh, periods. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's one that just came across my feed for six months in Australia. Oh, so I've just, yeah, there's friends down there. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah. But take advantage of the ones that are actually in your neighborhood because you want to build up your profile and have good reviews so that um because house sitting can be um, competitive because there's so many people that want to do that so take advantage of getting a good review on your profile yeah for sure so um in your coaching business for example if i'm a new client and i come to you what types of things would you teach me well we could work through some of the things um that are blocking you from wanting to take that trip. So overcoming fears, we could build a budget. So if you have no idea to how to save or what to save, 
I can help you with that. Um, and then also I do um, more in-depth coaching as well. So those could be just one-on-ones, an hour session here or there. But if you want the nuts and bolts, we could talk through everything from start to finish and then even reintegration back into your normal life once you're done your travels. So a lot of times we'll start with kind of the dreaming phase. So why do I want to do this? Let's build a vision board so you can see your dream come to life. Let's get you in a mindset to kind of manifest this and, and build the type of travel you want. And then let's get down to the do phase, right? So let's, are we going to sell our car? Are we going to pack up everything? Yes, in storage? Are. are we going are we going to so all the things the kind of the cya cover your assets you know so that you're everything's tidied up so that you don't have any of that worry while you're traveling and then the the the, the phase of coming back so or excuse me the phase while you're on the road so i would be a resource for you if something came up that you just couldn't overcome on your own oh. so um something might come a lost luggage or a visa didn't come in time things like that to just have a resource back home with reliable internet. I could help um, assist in that way. Speaks English. And then when, <laughs> it speaks English, yes. And then when you come back, the reintegration for me was one of the more difficult parts of my 17 month okay. journey. So processing the trip, understanding the learnings you've gained from it, and kind of how do you as a changed person reintegrate back into the society that you left. So as a, as a coach, that's what I would provide to a client that was looking for nuts to bolts. I love that. It sounds very, um, you know, it, it takes you through everything. Yes. Definitely, that sounds like a great program. What was Thank the you. one thing that was difficult for you coming back? Like just, was it the constraints of just not, I don't know what, I think that would be it for me, but having, not having the experience, I can't tell you, mm -hmm. but what was the most difficult for you? I think my mindset had shifted so significantly that, you know, coming back, um, there were certain elements of the lifestyle that I left that were a little bit jarring. You know, for instance, <laughs> this is a silly uh, way to look at it, but in the United States, you're allowed to have TV commercials about pharmaceuticals. Okay. And that was not, a, no, that's not done in other parts of the world. And so coming back and just seeing this, this type of, you know, advertising just turned me off or, you know, large billboards that was, you don't have billboards in other countries. And so just kind of the more loud and in your face lifestyle that is maybe more in the United States, whereas you're really more focused on the person and the, and the location, the experience in a lot of the countries that I came from, you know, it's just trees and road and land and house. Less so that, yes, yes. A much more connected and rooted in nature lifestyle is what I really found that I enjoyed on the road, which wasn't as easy to find. But I have definitely been able to to find that and find the balance in awesome. in yeah my lifestyle now. That's great. Um, yeah. During your travels, did you ever come across any um, any acts of kindness that you want to that you could tell us about or anybody who helped you out or maybe you know you had a situation where you were afraid and something unexpected kind of came along and helped you yeah there's two stories that will forever stay in my mind and the first i was um i had left iceland so i spent a few days there and went to liverpool um and had been in the taxi and gone out to dinner and i did what 
I pulled a rookie mistake. I had everything with me in my one wallet. I had my passport. I had every credit card. I had my cash. I had my driver's license. I had all the things in this one wallet that I took to dinner with me. And um, when I came back from dinner and the taxi dropped me off at the hotel and I went in and it wasn't until the next morning that I realized the wallet was gone. Passports, credit cards, everything was gone. And so after a few hours of panic, I you know, called the police station and it had it been turned in. I had made an appointment in the US Embassy in London to get a new passport. And I'm one week into my 17 months of travel. Um, and I got a call from the hotel that there was a cab driver that was at the front who had my wallet with everything in it. I mean, everything. And it just, you know, he could have easily just come and left my passport or he could have as easily just not brought it back. But he knew that that was an important part of my life and re recalled where he had brought me um, and brought me back my full wallet. And that's huge. Imagine all of the stress and all of the time away from, and you might have ended your trip short. You might have just, you know, this is a bad omen or something. That's yes. incredible. I love when people are honest that way. I'm so glad that that happened. Not that you <laughs> lost it, but that you got it. I, and it was from then on that I learned to take one credit card and some cash, hide some hide cash in different parts of your suitcase, you know, so it definitely made me a smarter traveler, but I'm so glad I had the experience of that early on and was able to learn from someone that was so kind um, to me. Do you ever take photocopies? I do. I take photocopies. Um, I also now have them on a digital backup, so I have... Yep. Yeah, a, a personal vault, as we call it, on my um, my digital side. So I do have access to all of it, which is I had done that when I first started traveling in my early 20s. Um, my, my, my dad taught me to make photocopies of everything, leave a copy with him and take one with me. So that's very smart important. Advice. Yeah, smart advice, because nothing I mean, talk about scary situations. If you're somewhere where you just got there, and um, you're left with nothing and you don't speak the language. How do you even begin to communicate, right? Mm -hmm. but, but then if people go through your program, they could call you because you're their resource back home, right? <laughs> exactly. I'll keep all of your things on file. I'll take care of getting you a new credit card, sending it to your next location. So all of those things that I was thinking through in that hour or two can just be done for you. So, And it's really important that when you hit road bumps like that, you don't pull yourself out of the experience. Because like you said, you know, I could have had to cut the trip short. You know, I could have tainted my whole experience. But what I learned from that and from subsequent, you know, bumps in the road is that you work through them, you see the learning, and you find a way to ground back in your body and enjoy the rest of your trip. And that's what life is. I mean, whether you're traveling or you're not, you just kind of have to suck it up, you know? And yeah. you have to make it through. Whether you're, I mean, you're going to have bumps whether you don't travel. So right. it's, it's just different types of situations. So I think, um, yeah, I think we just got to get used to, you know, persevering through those times, right? Yeah. I think everyone just has this, you know, idea that trips are going to be wonderful and it's going to be smooth. And so knowing that it's just like life, you know, you're just having your life in a different location. <laughs> Absolutely. But what, what you said there was another story as well? There was. Um, I talked to you about Turkey being a country that I thought had everything planned um, and didn't. 
Um, and so two days in, I'm still trying to figure out what's their route, what bus I'm going to take, how I'm going to do all of this. And I was talking to the hostel clerk about the fact that I didn't have um, a tour guide anymore. And mm -hmm. so he said, I know a guy. And so this guy shows up a, a few minutes later, scribbles on some paper. Okay, you're going to do this, this, and this, and this is how much it's going to cost. And of course, here I am, you know, only a month into travels, you know, kind of questioning right. if this is a legit guy. And I said, are, are you a real business? Can we go see your office? And he said, yes, come on, I'll take you to my office. And so we step outside and I get onto a motorcycle for the very first time. I trust that we're going to ride to his office. I'm clenched on the back of a road bike in Istanbul. But when we arrive, I realize that he is a legit businessman. And he took care of me how I would take care of clients. He booked everything. He checked in on me. He took me to the bus station the next day to make sure I got on the correct bus. And so he is one of the reasons why I have such a fond memory of oh, Turkey. That's great. Now you made a, a new friend, you know? Exactly. And when people go there, I always send them to Sonder. Oh, that's, that's great. Like, as you know, I went um, last year, a year ago, actually I was in Guatemala mm -hmm. and sometimes it's the people that you don't, you know, I had this driver with me that for a couple of hours and he was the first person I met when I got there. And, you know, a lot of people don't, um, don't speak to their driver or they mm -hmm. don't, we had like the best conversation, you know, <laughs> and now we're doing a joint venture together and we like talk all the time and you oh, just have to so be great. open. Yeah. And you just have to be open to, to those conversations, but there, you do have to, I don't know, tell me if I'm wrong, but you, I think you do have to also trust your instinct because in that situation, thank goodness it went well, but what, what can we look out for to prevent the other, you know, the other side of that? What if that guy wasn't legit? Like you could really got to go with your instinct too, how you feel at the moment. Oh, very much so. And I think, you know, as women and as solo female travelers, you really need to trust your intuition. And I think that you have to get to know your intuition before you start traveling. So if you haven't spent a lot of time, but, you know, having that gut check and we all have those, like, does this feel right? And trusting that your body is going to tell you what you need to do. And so you must have felt just intuitively that that driver was going to be a special part of your trip. Um, I think that you can just, I've had experiences where someone's come up and said, Oh, I'll take you to where you need to go. It's going to be this much or come to my cab. And I just didn't feel as though intuitively I enjoyed our back and forth in that mere 30 seconds. Right. But I found someone that is maybe not as um, outwardly approaching me and went into that taxi. So you can always take a step back mm. and think through the decision. I think a lot of times we just want to rush through things. But when you're afraid or when if you want to move through something, just take a deep breath. You don't have to say yes or no right then and just tap in and say, okay, what is my body telling me? Should I go through with this tour or should I just kind of walk down and find another one? So I think it's just really important to just trust yourself. Hmm. That's great. Did you yeah. ever have a moment where you felt, and I'm only asking you these questions about fear because this is what stops a lot of people, mm -hmm. okay? And I don't want it to stop a lot of people because I think this would be fantastic. So um, <laughs> did you ever have a moment where fear paralyzed you to the point where you didn't know what to do? And how did you deal with that if, that's, if that happened to you? Yes. So um, 
for me, when I became paralyzed with fear, it actually happened in Morocco. Um, I was in northern Morocco in a town, just a small town, um, and had gone into a souk with a, a friend of mine that I'd met in the country. And for me, um, what is a souk? I need, oh, sorry, good, good question. A souk is a market. Okay. <laughs> and usually these markets are very windy and have so many twists and turns. And for me, I like to know how to exit any situation. And this has been something that I've had in my life for a long time. I just need to know how I can get out of the situation. And so by entering into a sook, these markets, you can sometimes get very disoriented and not know which way is out. Where did I come from? And so for me, I found myself nearing kind of a bit of a panic because I couldn't figure out which way was out mm. and they're it's a crowded market. And so for me, I just had to put down my sunglasses. So people didn't notice that tears were oh, welling in my okay. eyes and just take a deep breath and just look up and around mm. and see if there's any markings. And I found the word Salida, which means exit, which was a funny word to find in an Arabic speaking country, which you followed. But, <laughs> which I followed because, but it just took me a second to take a deep breath mm. and just know that you're going to be okay. Because when you take, when you get back to the breath is when you're able to just calm your nerves and come from a more rational space than a fear-based space. I love so whenever it. I'm afraid I mm. always come back to my breath. And now you can look back and say, hey, I did it, you know, like, yeah, you feel good about it. And I'm sure you had a lovely day, like, besides that moment, right? I did. And, and when I, I went back to my hotel, I said, I, I got out of it. But then I watched an English movie just to kind of <laughs> yeah. let things, you just, you know, let things wash over and release and just kind of had that moment of I'm just gonna have a little bit of normalcy. I'm gonna watch an English language movie. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. It sounds great. Yeah. Um, so on my show, sometimes I ask, um, what is the biggest gift you gave to yourself in your life? Because sometimes we forget um, through responsibilities, we were talking about this before, and just being an adult, you know, and having to live um, the way society expects us to and do all the things in order and, you know, abide to all these things. What is the, um, is the solo traveling, would you say that that was the biggest gift you gave to yourself? And if so, how did it change you? Yeah, that's a great question. Solo travel really is the biggest gift I gave to myself. You know, I was 15 years into a successful career in large scale sporting events. And a lot of people questioned why I would walk away from that. Um, but I had found that I was living with blinders on and I was only seeing the path that was in front of me. And I realized that it was a path that I didn't really want to be on anymore. And so by giving myself the gift of solo travel, it opened me back up to living a more heart-centered life and finding things that really brought me true joy. And it's not to say I haven't gone back to working in sports because I do find joy in that. But what I found most joyful is allowing space for travel, mm. for playing with children, you know, for solo dance parties, whatever it is that brings <laughs> joy in that moment. Um, the life that I was leading had cut out all of those pieces of joy. And by stopping and taking a moment to travel, it allowed me to be able to do both things equally, to work, to play, 
to work to play. I love that. That's great. And now you've come back and you've put your passion and started a business, mm -hmm. which is another huge part of it, right? Because this is something that you could take on the go and, and perhaps, you know, once COVID is over, you can continue. Is that the plan to continue to travel? Yeah, right now people are, are so desiring travel and connection through travel. And so what this business that I've started is able to do is get people ready for that time. So, okay, we might be home for six more months, but how can I save and how can I prepare for after that six months to be ready to travel? And so it's been such a joy to be able to work with people right now because they're so excited for when things open back up and when they can reconnect through experiences and travel with others. So th that is the hope is that this business continues to inspire and empower and support people so that they can have the same type of transformative travel that I did. And, and I think it's great, like in one way, you know, we have to take um, we have to find good in this COVID business, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it can't all just be this horrible thing. Um, and one of the good things that maybe could come out of that is take the time because most people, um, I know I have to go into the office every day, but most people are home. Mm -hmm. Take this time to learn to enjoy the solitude and being comfortable, uh, gaining skills. You know, I would, mm -hmm. I would even go as far to say that if, if it was me, if I was home all the time right now and I was preparing for, for what you described, I think I might even take an online um, a self-defense course or something. You know, whatever makes, you know, hopefully I would never have to use it, but whatever would make me feel like I'm, I'm getting closer and closer mm -hmm. to that. There's a lot you can do while you're waiting. There is, and there's even ways to experience the expansiveness that comes from travel close to home. Mm -hmm. So just by changing you know, patterns in your brain, maybe it's trying a different way to walk to the coffee shop, or there's a, a park that's maybe 10 minutes away from your house you've never been to. Or if you're able to drive and able to experience, go 30 minutes away to a village you've never visited or a city you've never visited. Mm. These little things kind of open you up and allow the expansiveness that comes from travel that isn't able to be experienced right now. Well, that's a great point. Thank you for saying that. Um, sometimes, yeah. you know, even if we can't get out of the car, depending on where you're going, right. because of COVID, it's still, you know, we get so stuck in life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for years, this was me, right? So for years, get up at the same time, do things exactly the same way. Sometimes just changing the way you do it or when you do it, I agree with you. It's, it can exactly. completely give you a break and just, you'll see something. I mean, I didn't see that before, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Joe Dispenza says we think the same million thoughts every single day. I get up, I have my coffee, I brush my teeth, I get dressed. But but just by changing one, your brain is experiencing different synapse fires, you know, so it's opening you up to different experiences. Right. So that's so important to just change one thing, one little thing a day if you can. Um, and that'll help, you know, change your life. Well, I'm so glad, you know, there's a lot of people I think that are listening right now that have always wanted to travel and mm -hmm. it, traveling is not just about the places you're going to it's about the people that you meet and the experiences that you have just the way that you had said that mm -hmm. um you know and listening to you today they might be a little bit less afraid they might be a little bit more confident you know say hey if this girl can do it i can do it and there are like you said there are ways around spending a lot of money i mean you know the house sitting thing is great you had mentioned some other ideas and changing the countries that you're going to and mm -hmm. all these things and it doesn't 
try to make it not like try not to make the planning process a stressful one. Just yes. you know, just a little by little. And I'm I mean, there are ways that you can work and travel at the same time. Especially right now. Yeah. Yeah. There's so some people have to work on the go and that's okay too. You can even um one of the big things um that I know a lot of people are doing is right now they're getting their TEFL certificate. So they mm -hmm. can teach English online and still travel. So even mm -hmm. if you have to be that person that that has to make money on the go, there's so many ways to do it these days. There really is. And there's no shortage of ideas out there on how you can create income to fuel your passion. And I hope that each of your listeners finds a way to put aside, you know, $5 each day so that they can experience the joy that comes from travel and connecting to others. Yeah, thank you. And if you don't, if you're listening right now and you, you're not interested in the travel, but you are interested in the experiences of meeting and and getting to know other people and not being afraid to interact you can do that without the travel part as well you know yes. but it can also bring you so much joy and peace and and it is really a gift that you're giving to yourself because you know what is life about anyway you know you don't have to live life the way everybody says you do like create your own create your own path yes. figure out yeah, I love it. Where can we I find you <laughs> if people want to uh, look you up? I would love for that. Um, I am at solofemaletravelcoach.com and on Instagram, I'm solofemaletravelcoach. And for any of your listening audience, um, I would love to open up 10 one-hour sessions with me. So if you have any questions or want to know what it's like to be coached from a travel coach, um, just shoot me a DM on Instagram and we can chat. That's phenomenal. Thank you so much for offering that. That's excellent. My pleasure. Excellent. Does that include, am I one of the 10 people or? Yes. <laughs> no, you, you get your own session. <laughs> because I, I really want to talk a little bit more about this. This is, you know, this is my dream to travel, but with uh, doing some passion projects along the way and meeting people. And it's just, it's, it's so attainable. And I think if you can it get is. rid of the fear and, and you know how to do it, it'd be awesome. Yes. Is there anything we didn't talk about that you want to share with us? No, I had such a great conversation. Thank you for having me on and for allowing me to talk so much about something I love. Oh, I can tell that you love it. Like the passion is just coming through, right? You know, Aww. like we haven't stopped smiling since we started. <laughs> Probably look ridiculous. But you know what I mean? Like I know I have. Yeah. So no, I'm so happy. You're welcome to come back on anytime. And I would love Thank to hear you. more adventures and yeah, this is amazing. Thank Hopefully you. Hopefully I'll see, see you in Guatemala. <laughs> oh my goodness. You need to come with me. Yes. I, I, I'm planning <sighs> when COVID is over, this is the first place I'm going to visit. Um, Guatemala touched my heart and mm -hmm. children. Um, yeah, the children there, children everywhere are beautiful, but I made some really beautiful connections and I was only there for 10 days, but, uh, you know it's an amazing it, place it's very magical i can see okay. how you had where had that impact on you yeah when i feel you know if i'm having a bad day and i'm just you know with covid getting angry at things that i don't need to be angry about i look at some of my photos and it just all doesn't matter yeah you know it really doesn't and and you think of all their struggles there and we have mm -hmm. nothing compared to that and I think mm -hmm. if we remember that and, and try to help one another, I think the world will be a much better place, but I definitely want to go back. But Morocco, come on, I need to go with you to Morocco. 
We'll trade. I'll come to you. I'll come to Guatemala. Oh, with you. Awesome. you come to Morocco with me. <laughs> I would love to have you. Honestly, I've got a few people who have said they want to join. So thank you so much. It was such an honor thank to you. meet you and, and to come on here with you today. It was such a pleasure. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. If you enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe or leave a review. See you next week on the Giving Starts With You podcast.